What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. somewhere close to my mouth so you can hear me. If you can hear the crunch, it's a fresh peach for breakfast. Broadcasting out of Lewis, East Sussex, <sighs> and feeling his bones aching this morning. The last few days have been very, very exciting because we identified a premises where we could set up a studio. We have now secured the premises. As of August the 1st, well, I suppose August the 2nd, because August the 1st is a Sunday. August the 2nd, we will be broadcasting from a new studio. Isn't that exciting? Actually, it might be a day or two later, because uh, we do have to move in 
furniture and that sort of thing and get ourselves uh, uh, sorted so um, we've been backwards and forwards and up and down in and out the only nice thing is that uh, at the end of the day as journalists will do we play <laughs> at the end of the day uh, when we have to reassess uh, where we are make sure that we're not overspending the budget uh, making sure that everything is falling into place making sure we're getting the right people on the team we go to a, a little pub called the rights of man and with this decent weather uh, uh, Mrs. Verrill, who is my co-host on this show, the moment we actually get settled into the new studio, but also uh, is the uh, leading light of Mirador Television. Very good, she is on the air too. Uh, but we sit and we have a, a drink on the roof of the Rights of Man uh, and chat things through to see what's happened during the day. And it's a very pleasant way of doing business. The Rights of Man is named after the tome or the book written by Tom Paine. Nowadays, except for a chunk of America around Philadelphia, many people say, who the hell is Tom Paine? Oh, that we should forget. He wasn't a very likeable man, apparently, according to contemporary reports. He lived in Lewis as an excise man for some six years. He married here. He divorced here. He'd married the boss's daughter. He stood up to smugglers, as far as we know. And uh, uh, he, he was a, a pretty brave man, because when he went to the States, he which he named, according to Bill Bryson, he named the United States the United States. He also said we should have a House of Commons. Wow, wow. Quite an influential man. Uneducated. He, he was just a, um, one of those people with native abilities because he was also an inventor. Uh, he, he invented the smokeless candle. He invented um, uh, uh, the first single-span bridge. Uh, he invented um, a, a, a sort of uh, first um, internal combustion engine, except it was for boats. On top of that, he took part in the American Re Revolution. Oh dear, we had a little sneezing fit there. Oh, oh, oh achoo, 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 and I'm sure you didn't want to hear that. Luckily, I, I was able to hit the cough button, as we call it, the cough button, so that you didn't hear all that sort of nonsense. But Tom Paine uh, uh, inspired the American Revolution. Uh, he went uh, to, to Boston because he met Benjamin Franklin in London. Who suggested? Who gave him letters of introduction and suggested he should go over there because he was upsetting uh, the uh, crown here with his talk of uh, lessening the powers of the throne and increasing the powers of the uh, 
ordinary man, rights of man. Then he came back to France and helped Robespierre <laughs> carry on the French Revolution. He was part of the Council of Nine. And then he uh, was thrown into prison when he fell out with Robespierre and was only saved from the guillotine by a mistake uh, when the warder chalked the doors. He accidentally uh, chalked Payne's cell door on the inside because it was open. Uh, so when they came to lead people down to <laughs> the guillotine, dear old Tom was tucked away inside, and uh, so was his chalk mark. Hence he was able to escape. But he couldn't come back to Britain because he was charged with, uh, I, I think it was called seditious libel, but to all intents and purposes it was treason, and he uh, would have been hung, drawn and quartered, and his friend said, don't come back, go, go back to the United States, because you don't stand a chance of winning, and being hung, drawn and quartered was a particularly vicious and painful way to die. So Tom set off back to the United States, but by that time he'd fallen out of favour because he'd written some uh, um, what may be considered to be anti-religious tracts, and uh, the new, new America uh, was very religious. And so he died a rather lonely death. And when they brought him back here, he was put onto a ship, somewhere his head disappeared, and now it appears that his body has disappeared, his bones. Nobody quite knows where Tom is interred. Uh, and what a sad end to such a brilliant man, a man, a self-made man, as I said, considered by his contemporaries not to be a very nice man. But then, quite often, very clever people who are leaders aren't nice people. They can't afford to be, because nothing gets done if you say gently to somebody, please go and do that. Please pick up your musket and shoot that man. No, I won't. Okay, <laughs> then pick up the musket and shoot the man. Okay. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. Anyway, let's have a little music and uh, because I, I've rambled for almost nine minutes, goodness gracious me. And it is at the moment in Lewis, uh, 22, uh, 7.640. And I'm sure that it's 6.40 in many other parts of the world, and in many other parts of the world it's not. Uh, now, I thought we might uh, uh, actually, we played out just a few, few lines yesterday of A Birdcage with Dandelion Charm. So why don't we start off with that today? Because it's uh, from a local duo, husband and wife, Claire and John, who hail from New Haven, a little port town, if you want to go to France, you go to New Haven, and it's had some famous, famous uh, people go through. The Canadian Army went through on their ill-fated raid on Dieppe during the Second World War, uh, and the little boats, many of them set out from there when we rescued the British Army from Dunkirk in the pre, if you like, Second World War when the British Expeditionary Force uh, were 
humiliated, I suppose. But Churchill and our leaders managed to get all these little boats and get at least a good part of the army back, so Britain wasn't entirely defenceless. But anyway, there we go. Here they go. Dandelion and Charm.
family too I talk about them all the time however I am highly amused by the way that the media are playing around with tennis <laughs> because yesterday there was a headline where the Wimbledon hierarchy said to players you can only touch your own balls <laughs> because of coronavirus so of course the headline was you can only touch your own balls now today they, apparently they've re reversed the, the dictum because it's almost impossible to <laughs> you know what, what happens if, if if you hit the other person's ball and it falls on your side of the net so today uh, the daily star has said you can touch each other's balls so is don't misinterpret that as you go through the day. But anyway, it now apparently Wimbledonians can touch each other's balls. <laughs> where where some of these people actually get their their headlines from, I have no no idea. A bit more serious, um, Boris has uh, taken off to Scotland to make a couple of speeches or so to try and keep the United Kingdom united. And the Scots, apparently now, the sentiment is swinging uh, towards independence. I think that it would be a pity to see Scotland go, because I think they would regret it. Uh, and I think that probably coronavirus, everything that's happening at the moment, a fairly weak, inconsequential government, that makes a lot of noise but uh, actually fumbles the ball frequently in Westminster is now making the Scots think that uh, Nicola Sturgeon has got something she's been pounding her message for years and years and years and that perhaps they might might leave I think it would be a pity but I think that in the long run if given the chance for another referendum that they should think very carefully Yes, we all thought very carefully in Britain, and there are some people, particularly as some of the older people die off, and the younger people don't think very much nowadays, uh, there's a, a, a move to uh, why did we do Brexit? 
but if we saw the unseemly row between the various states and the executive in Europe over the last few days, I think perhaps sitting on the outside looking in makes us realize what we've managed to escape. Uh, the, the fact is that Brussels, rather than easing power, is establishing a tighter grip over the constituent parts. For the first time, it's been given 600 billion or so uh, to dish out, uh, and it, it's uh, it, it's given, it's been given by the constituent states the right to spend that in a recovery plan right across Europe. What's wrong with that, people say? Well, the big flaw in the EU, and I'm, I, I sit on the fence, I suppose, when it comes to uh, Brexit. I don't think I would have been terribly upset if we hadn't have left until the issue came to the fore. But the big problem with Brexit is it is undemocratic. I mean, sorry, the EU is it's undemocratic. It is run by an unelected elite. And I'm sorry, but I don't want to live in that sort of situation because if you want to go back in British history, some of the worst crimes, if you like, against humanity, some of the worst excesses of spending was when we had authoritarian rule. And the Battle of Lewis, which took place in 1264, and for some reason it's not widely taught. Well, it is in America, but it's not widely taught here. The Battle of Lewis was all about the baron saying to the king, listen, we want a little bit of power because you are spending our money. And whenever you run short, what you do is you don't just come tapping our treasuries. You come and demand it, and we have to give it. So we want to say. And that was what the Battle of Lewis... And it was about fifteen to 20,000 men, as I understand it, and we keep on digging up piles of bones from where people were buried. It was a vicious, vicious, vicious battle. And it was all about making sure that a central government, if you like, the king, didn't have the power to spend the money and to enter into the excesses which the divine right of kings had bestowed upon the monarch uh, from time immemorial. Well, do we really want to go into an organization that is uh, exactly constituted in the same way? I'm not reopening the Brexit argument, but all I'm saying is that, for the moment anyway, it doesn't look as if that executive has learned a lesson. And are we about to see another Battle of Lewis? Ho, ho, ho. No, we're not, because we don't fight that way anymore. We do at least do it through the ballot box. But, I'm sorry, I feel very queasy. And I've lived in, in, in countries where there's been a dictatorship, or they've recently just come out from under a dictatorship. And, and when you read about freedom, you know, it, it, it all sounds as if today we're under a dictator. Wham! We got rid of him. Tomorrow we parade through the streets and we cheer. 
and then the day after it's all going to be different. Well, it's not. The One of the things about Ceausescu in uh, Romania is that he was actually toppled, not by the people, oh, it looked that way, but not by the people, but by other groups vying for power. That's why they topped him. It's all very complicated, and I just uh, would much rather think that I was free, free as a bird. Now, uh, uh, why don't I, I just, uh, let, let's see, because there was a, a nice one yesterday, I think, that uh, I, I picked, because I must have been just rambling this morning. I was about 23 minutes into uh, this program. Um, UK plans for winter quadruple whammy. It looks as if they're suggesting that what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, uh, the virus come back fiercely. Oh, that that wouldn't happen. Oh, that it doesn't happen. A friend talking to me on the phone last night said, I'm really worried about the fact that the Chinese and the Americans and us are all fighting and that this could produce the third world war god forbid that it should but in many ways the big threat to mankind to all three of those entities and to the rest pull in russia pull in the eu the threat is cyber attack we've relied so much upon computers it's easy to get us it's easy to immobilize an air force it's easy to send an army in the wrong direction. It's easy, which is the most frightening thing, to cripple an economy. Those are the things which you have to watch out. That's what we have to watch out for. Let's play sunny side. It was rather jolly, but it was rather short, wasn't it? I was still looking at the news headlines. So it's, uh, and it does look as if uh, uh, the, the government 
despite the fact that uh, the Prime Minister is saying uh, it'll all be over by Christmas and we can uh, really look forward to a nice Christmas, uh, is that that's not the case. And that uh, the government is actually planning for what they call a triple whammy. That is flooding, uh, which uh, is very likely with uh, the the way that the uh, weather and the environment has been going and the way we've abused it. Uh, a resurge of coronavirus and being hit by flu and all of this remember in a weakened economy the uh, where are we going to pay for things the this this eu debate over the weekend uh, is, is where you know you blithely talk about 600 billion and so on in in modern terms of uh, world economies the fact is that that's got to be found somewhere uh, and where is it going to come from particularly as economies begin to collapse quite often if no work is done people don't get paid people don't get paid they don't pay any taxes the government hasn't got any money then it has to go and borrow so in fact the world is in danger right to me and uh, this is just simple economics the world is in danger of putting its ha its life, its future in the hands of a few really, really wealthy groups or people. And they have not been known, either in the past or in the present, to be the kindliest of people. Money can be power, and power can be abused. Very sad, but there we are. That's the way it has been. And there is no evidence to suggest it's going to be any different in the future. So yes, are we really going to be in this as we approach Christmas? I hope not, but I fear. 29 minutes and 14 seconds we've been on the air. I don't know where it went. can't remember what I said. Do you remember sneezing? But let's play ourselves out. has gone Keith Hayes from Lewis and East Sussex Toodle Pip With lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.